Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What time is it? Time for the weekly deal. I want fries on my pizza. The rabbit and tortilla bar. and welcome to the weekly dish i'm stephanie hansen hey i'm stephanie march and we are back it is back from vacation now the whole station has been on summer vacation this week and their promo is like we're all on vacation we'll be back on monday Mm. i was like well some of us well how about some of us will deliver original content we will be here for you weekly dishers that's right i know you guys are hungry maybe you're a little hungover we are in that space for you yes (laughs) i'm actually i i I'm not hungover. I'm fantastic. <laughs> you, last the last time we talked, I had literally drove in in my van yep. from uh, the Willie Nelson concert the night before. Yeah. On my way to, we went to uh, Blue Ox Festival, yeah, you loved which it. oh the Avett Brothers. Let's just start there. Such a great live band. It was so fun. I'll, overall, my analysis of festivals, though, and I guess I get it, but no one has enough food. You're no just one has like, enough food. All the lines are so long for food. The food is very uninspiring. And no matter how much, you know, let's say you have six food trucks. Well, one is doing coffee, one is doing ice cream, and then four are actually doing food you could eat like as a meal when you're at a festival. Did you go to the Taste of Minnesota? No. Okay. I was out of town. That was, that seems to have been, I didn't make it down there, but people liked it. Yeah. But it, that seems to have been one of the bigger complaints, is too, is that the food truck situation is just rough because there's lines how, and yeah i don't yeah. know how you remedy that because you can't well, I, it's not like you can build restaurants or no. anything so and there's you know there's no difference between that and having you know like a little tent pop-up kind of a thing so and if the crush is there at that particular right. time the crush is there and everybody kind of needs to make money especially mm-hmm. if you're it costs a lot of money to do an outdoor setup like that yeah and extra staff and prep i mean once you've prepped the food and the food's gone i don't know yeah yeah no i'm i mean i think that that's sort of like i think we've just forgotten and i think maybe there's something about helping people stand 
in lines better or like putting putting them in different areas or figuring out like a, a different setup as far as having everybody in a row and then having all the lines, you know, go like into the center makes it difficult. So maybe there's a different way to cue people up. I don't yeah. know. Also, someone was like, if you've ever been in a, a good food experience where like they take your order while you're standing in the line. Yeah. Or also where you're limited, you know, it's three things. Like yeah. a food truck, you know, can't maybe or probably at a festival shouldn't do their whole menu. But oh, then yeah. are you getting the whole experience of that restaurant, that truck, if it's taste of Minnesota, whatever that is. Yeah. And let I don't know. I, I got know. feels about that too, isn't it just Yeah. A bunch of bands and let's get together in downtown and eat some food. Eat some food. But I mean, like if you think about the food truck festivals, those have been happening around town for a lot for like years now. And they seem to manage that kind of stuff. So I mean, that to me is more closer to like a taste of Minnesota moment than, you know, with all the food trucks there. And then they they figure out what games to put where and like how to angle yeah. them. And but that takes, you know, planning and, and no expertise right. and just Experience. like from a festival setup. I Stone Arch, we get that complaint. We doubled the amount of food trucks this year. Yeah. And so I think we had like 30. Oh, yeah. You know, but you still you have 100,000 people on your grounds over the course of two days. 30 food trucks probably doesn't seem like enough, but you're not going to have 60. Well, no. And there was, I mean, yeah, there was, uh, there's just, I think that there's, there was an unexpected, I think they didn't expect that many people they thought, but then, you know, for the restaurants who ran out of food early, Mm -hmm. I think that was this, that was hard because they were like, well, we have no idea. They can't just go out and prep, and bring more. And yeah. bring, well, they can't prep and then not sell it. Yep. Like that's the investment. It's a it's a gamble. Yep. It's not like they were given like a here's a here's a nut of money to go buy your groceries and then make that back. That's not how that works. Also, weather. You know, yes. you get a rainy Sunday. Yeah, you're done. You're done. Like if it starts raining in the morning, people make their plans. You're out. Yeah, that's with Stone Arch too. Like we just always, if it's gonna rain, we pray that the rain comes midday because by then. People will come if it's not raining, but if it starts the day raining, you're out, you're done. You're done. You're out. Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. No chance. No chance. Okay. Okay. There's an opening that's today, and I'm just kind of yeah, excited about it. And I'm going to tell you why, why. are you so? I okay. have no idea why you're excited this about this. This is why we're great partners. Seriously, Pura Lima Cantina has free taco day today, and it, this is the new concept that is started by Slade Smiley, who also has Stock and Spade and Crispin Green, and it's in the North Steel Loop. Smiley. Steel. So I just call him Slade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 548 North Washington. Here's why I'm excited. Why? Their grand opening is 1030 to 130. You can get a free taco, burrito, salad, or bowl of your choice. A, free food. But B, I have (laughs) serious feelings about how bad Chipotle's gotten. Oh. I used to love Chipotle when Ellie was a little kid. Like, it was a perfect mix of, like, not fast food, but not home-cooked food, and food we could get on the go that felt reasonable to feed her. Okay. Like, okay, we can get like some rice, you can get a protein, there's some grilled vegetables, and you know, you can have guac or whatever. It was fairly good, felt fairly healthy, felt fairly decent. You just don't get that experience there anymore. And the experience you get is just like not great in my personal experience. I'm just speaking for myself. So I love the idea of somebody going back to what was great about the original Chipotle, which was beautiful proteins that were ethically sourced and that tasted good and a choice and you can order these bowls. I like Crispin Green for that reason. I don't love stock and spade. I like their fries. I don't love the non-meat product. That's not really for me. But 
I think like, okay, if he can do it better, he's certainly good at franchises. And I thought it looked really pretty. I love that they have like the different kinds of water because, you know, I'm obsessed with the aqua frescas. Yes. So is it meat or is it not meat? It's meat. It's It's chicken. It's pork. It's beef. It's also poke. So they have tuna. Oh. So it just looked good. And I, I, here's what I'm going to say, just because I know what what, what you're what you're ma- what you're mad about with Chipotle is the fact that it's just it's become such a huge behemoth of a company that you know when that happens and you have franchisees, you don't have as much control over the way that things are produced or not the way that not the things that you're buying and produce. I'm just saying, you know, there's the when when companies get larger as far as restaurants in my opinion, in my experience is that you lose that focus you get diluted yeah maybe right so then i just feel like i don't feel like the ingredients are as quality i feel like they've just been rife with mismanagement they've had, because they're so big maybe yeah like and how do you had all these like food scares yeah and i don't i mean yeah and i think that when you get that big too and it's like then all of a sudden you have i mean like it's it's everywhere so then it's a it's a news story whereas like small independent restaurants may have their own food scares you just don't you're really right about that know about it you're totally right about that so but i'm just saying i'm not i'm just saying that it's interesting because if he if it does become you know uh a chain a franchise which is that's his specialty because yeah. he was the anytime fitness guy um then that is like that to me is is interesting to that would be interesting to watch. Okay, how do you feel then about Dave's Hot Chicken? Just I don't feel anything about Dave's Hot Chicken. Okay, it looks good though. Oh, I tried it. Oh, you did? Yeah, I tried it. Was it good? I I I, I I'm I <laughs> I think the hot chicken thing is interesting. I do not am not obsessed by it the way that some people seem to be. It's good when it's good, and when it's not good, like yeah. you're like eh. I don't know. I'm not gonna fast food that. I guess like to me that's a thing. Or like I guess I'd rather. Maybe go sit in a place. I don't. These franchises, these fast food things, where it's like, it's just a plug and play. I'm not. I'm not a big chain girl. I yeah, just don't. It's not your jam. It's not my jam. So I'd rather go eat, you know, a fried chicken at somewhere local. And I'm not just like being a local champion. Of course I am, but it's just because when you have smaller numbers of things, people who are intentionally doing it because it's their love and their passion, not because they're just buying somebody else's love and passion. That's a thing for me. Yeah. And I and be let's be clear, Buka is turning thirty years old. I don't know if you got like a press release or whatever. I didn't, but yeah, thirty years old. I helped create that chain, <laughs> so I'm not like saying I don't know about this, but I am saying that that I learned from that. I learned from watching that thing grow. So yeah, and I mean you can still get some good food at Buka. You can. I'm not yeah. saying. And this is this is the point I would like to say is like quite honestly, I have had fine food at Chipotle. Yep. You know what I mean? I go to Chipotle and I've had pretty good food i wouldn't i wouldn't kick chipotle out the door for me but i also wouldn't i would also go try this i just it just kind of surprised me that that's the one that you were excited about just because it's free yeah <laughs> it's today and it's free till 1 30 I'm, I'm all about free food i might make you go with me after the show oh my god well i could use something to eat see there we go i was thinking egg sandwich but you know. oh i like egg sandwiches too all right when we come back we are going to talk about the bear. We're going to so spoiler alerts. Yeah, you probably there is some spoilers. Like we're not going to give you the whole context of the show, but don't you already know what um, the yeah, I am. trajectory I'm gonna of give the you show is? All the context. All right, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back everybody to the Weekly Dish. Okay, if you have not watched The Bear, I just want you guys to maybe, I don't know, I feel I want you to take a pause or whatever, but I want we want to talk about The Bear on Hulu, which is the second season of the show. And um I don't want to like spoil it, but also I don't want to hold back too much. 
Uh, yeah, we're probably going to end up spoiling it. So okay. I don't know. All right. So you watched all the episodes? I did. And season one of The Bear was this family that was pretty dysfunctional that had this uh, really talented chef who came home and was running the beef, Chicago beef. He inherited it from his brother who had committed had suicide. to us. And you kind of go through the whole thing. And season one is about, yeah, like him sort of like trying to figure his his grief out, work through it. Also having this fine dining background, but being in this restaurant. And then there's this woman, Sydney, who comes on board and sort of challenges him in a different way. And it becomes this thing. And at the end, of course, of season one, we find out they find all this money. They decide they're going to go for it. They're going to go for like a real restaurant, a real yep. fine dining restaurant. So the season two is exactly about that. It's about them kind of going through the process of building the restaurant. I'm so glad that they didn't just go, here's the restaurant life now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm glad that it was about the building of it. But do you feel like, okay, so obviously it, there's still a lot of grief in there. There's a lot of like family drama that they're working through in the second yes. season. And each of them is learning how to become this version of themselves <clears throat> that they need to show up as to contribute to the success of this restaurant. Right. And I would tell you that... My theory on this is that it truly is uh, a season about now. This is going to be strange because there's a, it's so layered. By the way, this show I is one of the best written shows I've ever seen. Do you think that? Okay, because I'm I'm like, is this just hitting me in this way because I'm a former restaurant person? No, because it feels like the trauma and the way that they are expressing their grief and the way they're trying to heal and move forward feels so universal. It is. And I think that that is, I think there's, if you go online and find, there are so many articles that are like, this is about grief. This is about family dynamics. This is about this and all these things. And I'm going to say that to me, it is literally a show about hospitality. And it is not to say like hospitality as an industry, it's of giving of the self. And it starts, you open the season two, you guys, in a hospital. Like in a room with Marcus, who is the pastry chef, with his mother, caring for his mother, giving oh, yeah. his mother. So there's this whole thing. And it's also about, and I, God, I, like last year or two years, I, in the middle of the night, I send out a big question about like, what is the cost of hospitality? And I think that that's ultimately what this show is about. What is the cost of giving of yourself? Well, and there's parallels throughout the season two of his Carmi ends up connecting with a former girlfriend or a woman that he loved and she's in a hospital setting. So there's parallels between her. There's a lot of hospital. Hospitality, hospital. And they even connected in the Forks episode. The guy who yes. says, you know, the guy who's kind of running the big restaurant thing. He was like, you know, I he's like. It shows up because the same word, hospital, hospitality, and he learned about acts of service, and that's why he's in the hospitality. And that is hugely impactful for Richie, who, by the way, has had his transformation, by the way, is like the most compelling thing to me on the show. Richie is the brother, the chef's brother. Cousin. No, he's just a a friend. And But what it is for me is watching that be of like letting go and giving of yourself. And part of me, and this is like, this is digging a little bit deep, but the idea that, you know, Richie has been, we knew from the last show that he was in a divorce situation. And so we see in this season him, you know, sort of battling with things and also battling knowing that his ex-wife, you know, is moving on without, is him. Moving on without him. But then we see their connection in episode six. We get to learn, like, I think there's, they spend like 10 minutes on the Richie, uh, 
I don't remember her name, ex-wife yeah. Tiff, their connection. And it's, it's you, you see this side of Richie that we don't, we haven't been able to see yet. And then in the next episode, he get he's told that she's getting married and he has to let go of all of it. And then he becomes, because he couldn't give of himself freely because he was still totally burdened by the, the horrible expectations of this failed marriage and still trying to be like a good guy for that. He got free from that. And then he could start to give of himself in the hospitality aspect. Yeah. And a lot, that's a lot of reach, but I'm just saying that's what I saw. No. And what's so fascinating to me is you coming at it from your perspective as a divorced woman from the restaurant business of someone who had some, you were married to someone that had some failed restaurants. Mm -hmm. It's also um, like season six. Or episode six, there are a lot of cameos. Oh, it's an entirely, like it's an entire scene, it's an entire it's episode. It's an hour-long episode of brilliance. Yeah, it is. In a way that creates so many heart palpitations. Funny thing about that was someone said, hey, have you watched episode six of The Beef? I was like, no, I think I'm on four. And they were like, well, you need to text me after you watch six. Yeah. So I watched six. And what I knew when I was watching was like people watching this are like, wow, here's this super crazy dysfunctional family. Look at them go. But what I experienced was, wow, this is like every holiday we had at my house. And I was like almost having like trauma watching it and thinking about all these holidays in my house that felt so like this. Yeah. And also Jamie Lee Curtis oh, is a cameo, a, and she plays his mom. By the way, she's going to get an Emmy for that role. Dana Brazato. In the stuff that she said about being the mom, who like I'm going to make all this stuff, and no one's going to care. Like, I like had a moment where I was like, "Wow, this is my mom." Like, this was how my mom felt. This is a lot about alcoholism and moms and dysfunction, and how the kids in the family cope when the main person in your life is acting out all over the place. And, and then my uh, niece texted me and she was like, does that remind, I was like, yeah, yep, yep. I think a lot of people saw, well, if you think about the first season, you know, the big stressful show was, I think episode seven, maybe where they had the, the takeout ticket, fiasco and yes. every hospitality person was like pacing tick, 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 tick yeah tickets. they were pacing and i thought it was really interesting they took that same intensity from the snap and they put it into this holiday thing where they were still cooking but it was home cooking and i thought every person who's ever had to cook a meal could see could feel that same thing if you never had the hospitality or the rest industry thing but everybody's felt that family pressure. I mean, the dingers, the the timers going off, the need for space, being like, I need you to take the artichoke side because the the peppers yeah. have to go in because, and then there's this and this and this, and it all has to coordinate. And she is just manic about it all. And it's just this entire crazy notion motion of of feelings and and everything and expectations. And I just thought it was I thought it was so brilliantly written to be to evoke that thing in all of us. Well, and then she comes back later on in the season and the restaurant's getting ready to open and she can't go in. Yeah. And her son-in-law, I guess he would be is like, why can't you go in? And she's like, she's so proud of them. And the, Oh, I could just get choked up thinking about my mom. Cause yeah. Like yeah. you're so proud of your kids 
But you know, you were well. The her best thing was that you... she's yeah, she was not able to find forgiveness for herself. Yeah. And so there was a lot of that. But I do think there's something about the cause. There's so much more to this, you guys, because it's like Carmi has obviously got dual things where he's finding love for himself and he's finding forgiveness for himself by being with this woman. But he's also terrorized terror he was terrified of losing his grip on his restaurant as it's opening it's like what are the dreams and i he know feels like he has to choose yeah he does but he, he can't have both but he can well we're learning all right we're it's gonna the take bear. A quick break. watch it uh if you want to call in at the end of the show and share your comment 651-641-1071 we've got one more segment yeah we'll talk soon welcome back to the weekly dish i'm stephanie hansen here with steph march and we have a guest today. We do. Are you there, Mike? Hey, Mike, are you here? I am. All right. You guys, we have we have Mike Knox from uh, the Tomo, Toma Moho Grill, which is a great place that Hanson and I both love over in Minnetonka. And you guys have just opened a new spot. But before we get to that, Mike, we got to know, have you watched The Bear? I have not watched The Bear. <laughs> okay. In the midst of a restaurant opening, Mike, I feel like now that that you're open and Richfield's kind of up and running, maybe step back and take a moment because it's pretty good. Yeah, you might have to go watch it. Oh, really? Yeah. I've I've heard nothing but good things. I've also heard from my industry friends that it's a little, it cuts a little too close to home. (laughs) I can see that. I mean, you might have to take a week off and watch it is what we're saying. So I know. Well, so let's talk about opening a new restaurant because that is, we were just talking about that's what the second season is really about, kind of like going through opening a restaurant and the trials and tribulations. But you guys have been um, kind of, you kind of quietly opened, you sneaky guys over there. Tell us a little bit about what you have going on. Yeah, we got our second location uh, opened up. We're in Richfield in uh, Cedar Commons right off. Um, 66 and, um, Cedar Ave. Um, yeah, we quietly opened just about a month ago. Uh, we've got our full menu, um, rocking over there. Our roast chicken, um, chef driven bowls and sandwiches. Oh gosh. So good. So why, what was, what, what drew you to Richfield? Oh, the, the location. Um, honestly that, um, we're right by the Richfield Target and Home Depot, um, near the the airport, not far from the Mall of America, um, and just south of Minneapolis. Okay. So, uh, just the the location of the the population, um, the the environment over there is really kind of they're they're excited for for restaurants to move in there. Um, we heard that from the neighbors. Yeah. And. Um, we just we just think it's it's a great kind of fit for for the food that we make. Can I so for me looking at it on Instagram primarily, it feels like Richfield is a little more full service. Is that is that the case? And um, Ridgedale is more fast casual. No, we're we're fast casual yeah. in, Ridge, in uh, uh, Richfield as well. Yep, with our with our counter service model, we we do try to like we do try to extend our service. Um, you know. For, from behind the counter yep. at both locations, if that makes sense. We it does. Just, we don't call your number. We don't buzz you to come pick up your food. Well, we we bring it to you, and we, we try to interact with you. I remember so I remembered that better. about Ridgedale and being kind of surprised by that. Like, you know, you have you get your food, and then, like, someone came over afterwards and then also asked me if my food was good and then asked me if I want another beverage. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is sort of surprising. I love it. Right. 
It's wonderful. Yeah, we kind of, yeah, it's kind of counter service plus is what we're going for. Uh, we don't want we don't want our guests to to feel like you know they're they're on their own while they're dining with us. And you know this is a carryover. It's, we were talking earlier about um, well, actually, we were talking about sort of fast restaurants and independent restaurants versus like these national chains. He's you know like we're talking about Chipotle basically. And Hanson has been saying that she's been let down by them. And my theory was that you know when you get so big, it's hard to contain quality. And what you guys are doing is you guys are both you and Paul Backer, who is your partner in this, are both chefs from the industry in a finer dining way. Not fine dining necessarily, but you guys have worked in many of the great places around town. And then you decided to go into this sort of intentionally quick service, but good food model. And what is it that you think that, I mean, like how has that affected the way that you see dining? Oh, I mean, it definitely, it definitely has uh, affected the way that I see dining in that, um, you know, when back uh, maybe, maybe eight, uh, nine years ago, I was pretty, pretty on the up and up on what, um, what restaurants were opening, what was going on, who was doing what, you know, I'd be, I'd be going to the new, newest, coolest places. Yep. Um, but I've, I've gotten older uh, <laughs> and, I'm tired. and so I like, you know, this Toma kind of reflects the way that, that I like to eat. Yeah. Um, I, I less production, less of a, of an all night thing, you know, cause I got to get, I got to get, I got to get home. Um, and I got to watch my, my Bob's Burgers. That's, what, <laughs> that's my restaurant show. Um, that's funny. And and so I want something that's that's pretty healthy, um, convenient, um, you know, and delicious. Yeah. And so that's what we're trying to do, as opposed to, you know, going out and eating past past nine o'clock. I can't do that. I'm too old. Yeah. yeah. Too I need old. I need my Z's. So. We're talking with Mike Knox, who is uh, one of the owners of Toma Moho Grill. They have a location in near Ridgedale, and they just opened one uh, in Richfield. Can you tell people a little bit about the type of food you guys have there? Because I do think you guys are doing something a little different. It's not just hot chicken. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We're not. Yeah, we don't. We, we're not doing fried chicken. The only thing we fry in our restaurant is vegetables. Um, what we do is uh, we do a, a marinated roasted chicken. Our marinade is a moho marinade, mm-hmm. um, and you'll find that throughout throughout the world, uh, Latin America. Um, and ours is, uh, it, and there's lots of different kinds of moho um, sauce. Ours uh, ours is inspired by by the kind of flavors of the Canary Islands. So we've got peppers and lots of citrus in there, some um, paprika and spices. And stuff like that. So all of our proteins are marinated in that, and then we sear it on a on a uh, hot grill, and then roast it in the oven. So the skin gets kind of crispy, um, and the the chicken is nice and juicy. Um, that's kind of like our our main thing. Um, we serve that with um, house made sauces. We do uh, moho uh, sauces and piri piri sauces. We're we're a big fan of piri piri sauce. Yeah. From Portugal, um, we love our hot sauces. So we've got we've got stuff that's mild and kind of traditional. We have a, a green mojo, um, you know, with lots of herbs in it and garlic and uh, citrus juice. And then we've got our kind of a unique signature item is our what we call our citrus piri piri, which is a, a piri piri sauce um, that we blend with uh, orange juice, lime juice, and lemon juice. Yum! So yes, it's got a little little tang to it little 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 heat just a little but it's more of that fruit that's coming through 
Very good. And then you guys just launched breakfast sandwiches out in Minnetonka area. And I am just a huge fan of putting potato chips on my breakfast sandwich now. <laughs> right, right. It's just, it's like the best part of the, uh, the hash brown. It's the, the crispy, salty edge. Um, yeah, we're, we're really digging um, that, um, uh, the breakfast sandwich things. It tends to, eggs and our sauces just go together. Um, yeah, so uh, and we we had, we put it we put a little tomato garlic tomato spread on all the sandwiches, so that and the the potato chips are super tasty. Um, one of the cool things that I love about our breakfast is actually our cold press drink. True. Um, Paul Paul came up with these these cold foams, and he told me these flavors: uh, uh, pistachio lemon and Yum. cherry almond, and I'm like. I do not want pistachio lemon in my cold press. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. You know, but but man, I had these. I he made me these beverages, and they're just they're just fabulous. They really they really work well with the uh, the misfit cold press coffee that we're getting. It's oh. super great. Oh my god! You know, this is the second time we've had you on. I think. And each time I'm thinking back to when we had you on the first time and like, I couldn't get there fast enough. You drove enough. over that know, afternoon. And this is now I'm like, okay, I need pistachio lime and cold pressed coffee. I know. Oh God. I just, and I just, I want to make sure people know that you guys, one of the things you guys do really well is like large scale catering, you know, in terms of like you do office lunches and you do these kind of things because I think, but you can also just go and grab, and this is the thing that, you know, giant baby, when he was home, used to come in and grab like the meal, which is like a half chicken, garlic toast, fried Brussels sprouts and all this stuff. And it was like 20 bucks. It was a great deal. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, we try to, we try to keep it uh, approachable. And that there's no, like, you know, like you don't, it's like you feel like, so Hanson was saying earlier, people with kids who they're like in on the way to swimming lessons. And that, so what I need you guys to do is to just have these, like the chicken grain bowl, the pork and rice bowl, the pulled chicken, all this kind of stuff. We need you to have more locations. So hurry up <laughs> and get it so that people can stop in and get this stuff and not go to Panera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're working on it. Okay. We're working on it. All right. Well, thanks Mike for being on and everybody can go and visit you again. It's, it's, 66th and what where's richfield again uh 66 and uh cedar avenue 70th so 1700 east 66 we're doing our uh i'm just gonna plug it real quick oh yeah yeah we're doing our 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 grand opening next weekend friday saturday sunday and we're giving the place away half off everything all weekend oh my god next weekend okay next 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 weekend come around Paul and I will will be there, and yeah, we're just looking forward to meeting everybody. All right. All right. Thanks for being on, Mike. We'll see you guys next weekend. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much. You're welcome. We'll be right back. 651-641-1071 is our phone number if you'd like to call in and have an Ask Stephanie question. We haven't been on the air for a while, so you guys, do you remember how to do this? You call. <laughs> you call 651-641-1071. You're live. We take your calls live on the air. We help you with any questions you have about dining or eating or if you need to know what Piri Piri sauce right, is. Right, right, right. I don't right. know. I looked it up. Right. It's a pepper sauce. Oh, Yeah. Him describing it made me just. Like, I just oh, was yum. like, "Where's my egg sandwich? Where is like my chicken right now?" Like I absolutely, and I have just have to say, like that's the thing is like I kind of 
you get into these ruts of feeling like, okay, you're gonna, always in an egg sandwich rut. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, there is no rut with an egg sandwich. It's just love and obsession. But I know, I mean, like, you know, thinking about Chipotle, it would be like, oh, I'm going to yeah. go there. I'm going to I need to go. I kind of, and I, I, I got into a crisp and green rut where I was just getting salads, these huge, expensive salads. And, and I like them, but I was also feeling like I, rem- and so then when the breakfast sandwich at, at, um, at Toma came up, I was like, oh, right. I forgot about those guys. So like, I have to go yeah. get more chicken from them. All the things. You have to be reminded of these things. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. That's what we do. We remind you. We remind you of all the good stuff. I think that's our job. Yes. I think that's totally actually our is. job. Speaking of reminding, yeah. just off top, what did something you eat this week that was good? Um, well, that's in my top two in hour two, though. So oh, come on. All right. Okay. Well, I just will tell you that I, uh, I, um, I w- I've had a lot of dumplings lately, like oh, soup boy, dumplings, so wontons, Yum. all that kind of stuff. I was quite Anna Med from Illinois um, was holding this dumpling in, yeah. in her Instagram picture, and she had like a little story about this dumpling, and it looked like a big, uh-huh. and I was like, oh. Okay, you know what? I'm going to tell you a thing that I was going to wait to tell you, but now I'll just tease it out, because okay. I'm not going to put it online yet, because I'm still working on it, but it's the black, unless we have people calling. Yeah, we have one, but okay. go ahead. We, the black sesame pasta dough that I'm working on. Oh, my God. That you're cooking? Yeah. Like I'm making the pasta dough, I'm rolling it, yeah, and then you know doing like and making ravioli out of it. You guys, you can't steal this, Hanson. I won't. I know, but like this it is, is totally your lane. This is so good, but the in like what I put inside the raviolis is uh, roasted garlic, like like Yum. roasted roasted mm-hmm. garlic miso goat cheese. Oh. oh my god! What is a miso goat cheese? Miso, like miso paste yep, with goat cheese, and then goat cheese. I just Yum. mix those three things together, and it is. Decadent. Okay. It is so rich that you can't really have a lot of it, actually, because that it is delicious. so delicious and so rich. But I'm doing this with this black sesame paste pasta. There is a black sesame paste ice cream at Sweet Science. Have you had it before with Ashley Olds and Edina? I have not. Oh, boy. But I might make some because I... Um, you, you know, the, the, the no mochi doughs, the mochi dough donuts, those yeah. little mochi ones, there's a black sesame icing on oh. one of those, which is so great. All right. Well, this is okay. So I'm just saying, you know, maybe next by next week because I'm still working on it because it was too, it was too buoyant. You know what I mean? It didn't. It, yeah. it got too thick in the water, so I need to like figure out what my flour ratios are on okay. that. Okay. So when I do that, you guys, I will put this recipe up because I would love for you guys to try it. Okay. So good. Okay. Caroline is on the line. She uh, has a question about Stillwater. I think. Hi, Caroline. Hi. I've been waiting weeks to ask. You. Oh, oh good. I'm so glad. Thanks for waiting, and we're happy yeah. to be back. Great. Um, I loved the restaurant Mark's that was there. Mark's Bistro? Okay. Yep. Yes. Do you know, I know they closed. Do you know where that chef went? He was so good. I don't know. Do you remember who it was? I thought maybe that was his name. Oh, no, I don't think it was. There was Mark and Lydia Hansen that owned it. Oh, Oh, maybe that was it. Yeah, it was a fusion place, wasn't it? Mark's Fusion Bistro? It was. It, the food was fabulous. Oh. They made a, a pistachio covered walleye. Oh, oh that, well, sounds that sounds delicious. delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if anyone oh. knows the answer to yeah. this question, they please. were going to come back after um, COVID and they were like redoing the space or something. But yeah, they disappeared, then, huh? All right. We'll do yeah. some digging. Uh, yeah. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. I'm hoping. Okay. Yeah. Stay tuned. 
uh, yeah, I just kind of went on their Instagram and they have their closing message, but then not much more after that. So, all right. Uh, people really love that place, apparently. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, okay. Uh, we have a couple of other questions. Um, we have someone that has a question about rhubarb. Hi, Beth. Uh, you are live on the air with us at Weekly Dish, and you have a question about rhubarb. What can we help you with? Uh, a question about rhubarb schnapps. A neighbor uh, poured it out of a quart jar for me to try, and it was so good. And she's given me the recipe, which is basically rhubarb sugar and vodka. Yeah. Okay. But my question is, I'd love to make it and give it as Christmas gifts. Can I store it that long? Like, how oh, do yeah. you think you would keep that? I mean, you know, any sort of alcoholic beverage is going to keep, but do you want to strain the actual fruit? Did she have, like, chunks of rhubarb in there? Nope. She oh. had, uh, she had uh, I don't know, I guess distilled it for a month. Sure. And then she strained the fruit out. So this is just a lovely, clear pink liquid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Take- and would I just store it in the quart jar then? With yeah. The yeah. Need- oh. Booze, this kind of booze, I mean, like, th- there's nothing that's going to grow in it. Trust me, because it's going to, there's no bacteria that can live in the alcohol. So you are, you are, as long as there's no actual fruit in there, you're great. Okay. So oh. strain it and make sure your jar is sealed well. Okay. And then you're good. All right. Thank you very much. All I right, might Merry do Christmas. this too. Because yeah. I have a pile left over. You might of, as well. And I, I'm literally like, I can't. You can't eat any more rhubarb pies. I just can't. I don't or have the pizzas. time to. It looked yeah. like rhubarb pizza to me every time you did it a top so down. I was like, it looks like a pizza. I made a rhubarb fruit buckle and I did the thing that we hate where you like yep. arrange the rhubarb on top. And I like skinned it so that I could get it so we could eat it. But then I sent it to Stephanie before I posted it. And I was like, you're going to love, hate this. I just think it's so hard to chew into those things. And it's like, it's so pretty, but like. I thinned it. I was very mindful. I mean, you have a way of doing it. Yeah. Diane uh, has a question for us. Hi, Diane. How you doing? Hi, Diane. Welcome to the program. How you doing? Diane, are you there? You're live on the air, hon. Nope. All right. She must have dropped off or something. Yeah. Do you remember her question right by now, chance, Lexi? Um, she, there was a restaurant closure. She didn't tell me the name of it. That okay. she was also wondering if you guys knew where they went. So okay. You can Sometimes go to David and um, I guess Katie, if you're still there, you can call back. But... No problem. You can also tweet oh. us too. Oh, you um, can at Weekly Dish, and we can um try to get you that way too. Right. All right, schnapps. Schnapps, what do you think about that? I did buy yesterday rhubarb amaro from Westside Market. He knew I was obsessed with rhubarb. I'm so sorry. Oh, oh go ahead, Lexi. No, sorry. Uh, people keep dropping off the line for some reason. No oh. worries. It's just a day. It is a day. <laughs> have you had the rhubarb amaro? Yes. Yeah, I have a bottle. I've had a bottle of that. This It's like sfumato or something it's yeah. called. Yeah. Now, am I going to drink that just on the rocks or with a little soda water? You're... More adept at the Amaro situation well, than I am. I mean, yeah, Amaro's, I don't go soda water with Amaro's. I okay. mean, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like... Maybe you, like a sparkling wine? I was going to say, do a, little spark, do a little sparkling wine with it to okay. kind of give it a little bit more guts to it, you know? Uh-huh. Kind of round out that sweetness. But, yeah, no, I had a bottle of that for a long time that I kind of sat and looked at. You know what I mean? One of those yep. things, like, I was very excited by it, and then I don't think I drank it more than, like, a couple things. Apparently, it's Chinese. Fumato? Is that the one you have? Uh, the one I have is Rabar- Rabarbaro okay. by Zuka. 
Um, it's a Chinese medicinal herb, kind of citrus peel, rhubarby situation. Okay. With a red pepper aroma. It's, uh, I guess you'd use it in place of Campari or as a riff on a Manhattan. Yeah. Or with mescal and sparkling wine. Okay. Yeah. I might get a little fancy over at the old Hanson at Johnson the old concert. Ha- I mean, awesome. for your cocktailers. Uh, okay. uh, I think Katie might be back. Okay, so we're going to take a break. And when we come back on the other side, whoever is there, we will take your calls. We're all good, people. We're all good. We'll just make it happen. We'll be back.